Alrighty then, hello there everyone and welcome to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico and joining me is... Scotty Hertz, keeping beverages as far away from the computer as possible. (laughs) The cascading effect of the technical difficulties in the bunker was monumental. But uh, thankfully, it's been all put right, I think. Learned that the hard way this weekend. Oh. <laughs> Take my own advice for the past, oh, I don't know, 30 years. <laughs> Try to Keep once. That your Commodore 64 there, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this computer even smells like coffee and breaks down. <laughs> Oh, good old days. Good old oh, days yeah. of the computer lab where you practically had to be like static free to go to the high school computer lab. <laughs> Wear um, the white suit next time. <laughs> that's right. Tie back. <laughs> you're playing or you you're playing games? That's for the or that's for the Apple twos downstairs in the library. Yeah. None of that in here. Five thousand dollars. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and replace it costs ten thousand dollars. All right. Open source is this CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show, and you can find us here every Thursday at 5 p.m. as we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world, and we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians. This week, though, we're just going to be doing the news, including Nazis in Parliament. This is not a Warren Zevon song. A 98-year-old <laughs> former member of the Ukrainian SS unit was feted during Vladimir Zelensky's speech last Friday. What does that mean aside from the blame game? Then Manitobans are going to the polls now. And this coming Tuesday, what might we... Oh, mess that one up. Might we be talking about the election of Canada's first Indigenous premier next week? Question mark. Um, but first, though, um, y- you know, we-, we all make mistakes. That's why pencils have erasers. And that's why Doug Ford came out last Thursday. <laughs> and said he was super duper sorry um, that he broke his promise to not touch the green belt, which he also once called a scam. Uh, Not sure if he still believes that, but he certainly believes in apologizing for stuff uh, a month and a half after the auditor general told him he should be sorry. I made a promise to you that I wouldn't touch the green belt. I broke that promise. And for that, I'm very very sorry. I pride myself on keeping our promises. It was a mistake to open the green belt. It was a mistake to establish a process that moved too fast. This process, it left too much room for some people to benefit over others. It caused people to question our motives. As a first step, to earn back your trust, I'll be reversing the changes we made and won't make any changes to the green belt in the future. Because even if you do something for the right reasons, with the best of intentions, it can still be wrong. Long story short, and I'm sure everybody's aware of this by now, there were huge like Ewok-like celebrations across the Golden Horseshoe last weekend. <laughs> I, I, sw- I swear Mike Schreiner was, you know, playing a xylophone of Stormtrooper helmet somewhere. Um, 
<laughs> uh, Doug Ford has reversed his decision to uh, split off parcels of the green belt for development. He says he made a mistake. Um, he has now said that the green belt will be protected. He's going to uphold his promise. Paul Calandra, who's the present Minister of Municipal Affairs and how uh, Municipal Affairs and Housing, says that they are coming up with legislation to enshrine the current borders of the green belt. Uh, a couple of days after voting down an NDP resolution to enshrine the borders, but uh, I guess you know you don't want to give the opposition party for credit for being right all along, um, at least enshrined in legislation. But uh, the thing is, this is this is exactly over. Um, yeah, the green belt is protected, uh, but there are still a lot of questions about how did it get this far. Um, who was involved, who had access to what ministers uh, or what ministers assistants or chief of, of staff. And uh, I think all eyes and, you know, maybe we'll get into this deeper. All eyes are kind of on Hamilton. Now this um, agreement, or I shouldn't say agreement, but uh, when the, the same day, the Ontario government dropped the green belt decision last fall, they also announced that Hamilton will be bigger. Hamilton passed one set of official plan, uh, specs that did not increase their borders. The Ontario government approved another, and it looks like um, kind of some of the more chicanery down there that uh, a developer who coincidentally owned land where the borders have been expanded um, is now per, uh, seeing a potential windfall because uh, that's how government works, I guess. And also had tickets to the Stagando. It all goes yeah. back to that, right? It's If there's a Ford <laughs> function beyond Ford Fest that you've gone to, you're probably a friend of some kind. And uh, that's, I was like, well, I bought the tickets, but I did not go. It's like, well, well, why, why would you do that? There's, mm -hmm. There has to be a reason. <clears throat> so it makes sense that uh, Merritt Styles wants to get, I'll name the names, I guess, to Gasperson and Rice to come in to a committee. Not, not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Might be a little bit, um, I don't know about a show trial, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> They will probably lawyer up and, and try and avoid it until it goes away, but it, it isn't going to go away. And like you said, the the things that are going to sustain it is the expansion of the, the borders in Hamilton, also mm. involving friends, definite friends of the PCs, and maybe even Ford specifically, but we don't know or he'll deny it. Mm. But also the 413 mm -hmm. is looming. And if I understand the legislation right, something like a highway and infrastructure project kind of supersedes what's in the green belt. Um, legislation but of course as we know and we've talked about it before how that is another project that ties in properties that belong to and I'm going to call them the friends because they are the, the, the gang it's the <laughs> same people so maybe this is why they're letting this go letting the green belt go because the, the developers are still going to get something out of a project that's coming Mm. I, I, you know, we need to do a bit more of connecting the dots on that, and I'm sure somebody is madly doing that right now. <clears throat> Weekend too, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, there's, but there's at this point, everyone and rightly so is skeptical. Like, what's the catch? Anything, mm. anything they come up with from now on, even beyond the green belt, it's gonna be like, what? What is the catch to this? You're saying that you're gonna come up with legislation which already exists to enshrine the green belt like so this this is a bit of a rerun and mm -hmm. then i think calandra said they were going to ex expand it like mm -hmm. add a further seven thousand is it hectares or acres i'm not sure 
I think it's I think the seven thousand is acres. Oh, it's so Canada to work in both old and, and new <laughs> right? How many chains wide is that field? But yeah, so it's yeah, it sounds better in acres. Seven thousand acres. So I mean, fancy that. And again, it'll be what where are these acres? Where are these acres? Who do they who did they belong to? Who do they belong to? Or is it just something they're just it's something that's already a natural area and they're are they gonna redraw the line? Mm -hmm. Like they could, and I know we're gonna talk about it, it could they could call Ontario Place like Greenbelt if they wanted to, right? <laughs> Even though oh, we're going to get to that. Oh, I'm jumping ahead a bit, but it's okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it's yeah. It, Paul Calandra has said that um, developers are not going to get a check um, for nothing. Uh, you know, nobody's going to get a payout, which I I find kind of dubious. Uh, I, I mean, I I don't know how. I mean, we can hate developers all day long, but I also don't know how you jerk these people around for the better part of a year and then say, just kidding, we're not actually putting this land up for the market for you um, without there being some penalty. And I think that's going to be that's going to be one of the interesting questions for this is like, who's going to be the first one to go to court about this? Um, and then the, and then it, then that becomes like a gas plant thing. Right. Um, and th yeah. that's that's something that's gotten a lot of comparisons this year. <laughs> and then for and then Tug Four kind of countersued by bringing e health out of the out of the morgue. Um, e <laughs> but, That's a laugh. That went, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, that was another instance where liberals, everyone wanted it done. Liberals did it. Liberals said it would cost that much, and it ended up costing like ten times more. Um, there's got to be some price for this. Like the the developers who were going to expect like the eight point what was it eight point six billion, um, the people who thought they were going to be making and that was the conservative estimate that was like the real down low estimate, the people who thought they were going to be making billions and billions and billions are not going to go well you win some and you lose some whoopsie doodle well that was a <laughs> that was a real ride for a couple of months eh fellas of course not. Of course they're not going to do that and it could be this other thing because I mean Hamilton wasn't the only place in Ontario that passed borders that essentially kept it at the same size as we're going to grow within these borders. And the, the Ontario government said, not so fast. You're going to be have bigger borders. I mean, it happened up the road. A couple of the townships in Wellington County had the same thing happen. I think Fergus, Fergus is one. I, I think one of the ones further North, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Mount Forest, maybe I think. It might have been, Something yeah. Something like that, yeah. But I mean, these are both instances where they're like, no, no, you got to be bigger and you're going to take over more farmland to do it. Um, this guy down Hamilton Way, Sergio uh, Mancia, uh, you know, he buys a parcel of land for almost $3 million in 2021, buys another one uh, for $6 million earlier this year. And, uh, you know, you're not really making those kind of investments. I mean, the 2021 one is suspicious enough because that's before they were rewriting Hamilton's borders. It's like, okay, so what did this guy know? It's like the same thing that happened with the green belt where you have people making moves and buying land, protected land before there's even a hint or a whisper that this is a potentiality to be developed. Well, what about this guy? He's buying land for $3 million. That's outside the Hamilton borders. Why? What did he know? Who's he been talking to? It's, and it's fishy as hell. 
Well, and that's the thing, and that was revealed last week too with the trip to Vegas and what stays yeah. in Vegas. Obviously, doesn't stay in Vegas. The yeah. uh, <laughs> discussions in the mud bath or whatever that was was going on. I mean, it's it's a hell of a coincidence. And and it, uh, it was Khalid Rashid, right? Got Khalid tripped, Rashid, yeah. Khalid Rashid got tripped up on that because it was well, you know, we just happened to be there at the same time. So he actually lied to the committee. Yeah. It turned out the d- developer is it uh, Rematula, right? Uh, what, yeah, Shakir Rematula, yeah. Shakir Rematula and Khalid Rashid, and there was somebody else down there with them. Uh, just Amin Amin Masudi, who was the uh, personal secretary or the principal secretary for Doug Ford, yeah. So it's a heck of a coincidence, and they're like, well, "What about this?" And they're like, "Oh no, we just have to be at the same time." But it turns out. <laughs> the, you know, the likelihood was that the discussions were going on, and that's how they find out it, whether it's the golf course or you name it. The things that corporate people do, Therm Spa will be the next one, right? Where all the deals go down. Well, also top secret. Nobody knows what's in that contract, or yeah. nobody in the public realm who's in a position to say anything knows what's in that contract. And then if it does get bumped up a level, this RCMP maybe investigation that's going to happen, they'll just say, "Oh, it's in court. We can't talk about it," or. It's a conflict of interest. And then uh, that was interesting that came out too about Ryan Amato. Right. It was reported in the Narwhal that, that, that it's entirely possible because of his family's connections with the current OPP head, Mike Karik. Mm-hmm. That that's, they think that this is why that all this got bumped up the RCMP. Because the question is, well, what's the conflict of interest? It's the OPPs. But this this is the Narwhal speculating. And I think maybe rightly so. And they've done they've done fantastic work and the trillium on on everything that we are talking about. So mm-hmm. if you're going to seek out more information on this, folks, and I, you know, you probably should definitely check those two out because they they were the ones that had this covered. I mean, other people too. Colin DeMello, to his credit, right? Yeah. Who <laughs> uh, <laughs> Doug Ford knows where he lives? Um, yeah, he's going to run over him with the tractor, right? The plowing match that was all. Oh yucky. my goodness! It's Colin DeMello. It's like really. Colin yeah. DeMello didn't seem too disturbed by that comment, but it's it's kind of like, huh? He didn't take any questions at the plowing match, right? So no, I mean, l- let's be honest though. I mean, if Colin DeMello disappeared tomorrow, people would be looking at Doug Ford. Um, but on the other side of this, I mean, Khalid Rashid, it was like you don't want to say he was dirty, but I mean, his wife worked for <laughs> Shakir Ramatula. So it's, I mean, we're already, we're already one degree away from um, Shakir Ramatula before this thing even becomes a thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, need, we just need to post all the wall and put the strings between them all. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like this we've is, got to figure it out. yeah, we're all Charlie days right now, but <laughs> it's, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, that's true. And that, that Ryan Amato piece in in the Narwhal was fascinating. Uh, his parents apparently worked at York Region uh, Police at the same time as uh, surprise and surprise the the current commissioner of the Ontario Police. Um, and you know, there's really kind of no skullduggery there. But you remember there was a whole controversy with. Um, appointing the commissioner of, of of the OPP like in the first couple of years of the Paul like but they uh, Ford wanted to put close personal friend Ron Taverner in, in that position so I mean it, it does feel like red string time in a lot of ways um I guess yeah I guess the next piece of this is sort of like looking at 
and this is where things kind of get funky because I think I can't remember who I was reading. I think it was on the conversation that, you know, going after the green belt was like an attack on a, 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 a fact of sort of Ontario pride that, you know, here's this thing. It's in, in like the mo- most populous area of the country. We've established this ribbon of, of like protected agriculture and farmland and wetlands. And so there was a real sense of pride about that. And so it felt like an attack on Ontarians. And I think a lot of Ontarians went that way. Getting into the nuts and bolts of this, like going region by region, that's where it's going to get trickier now is like trying to connect those dots and seeing if like people were benefited on that local level and who was maybe doing the benefiting uh, that's going to be a bit trickier to figure out and i mean and that's also going to depend on local news outlets who are overworked underpaid <laughs> maybe fired in december if they're working for metroland <laughs> so it's 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 going to be a bit harder to go from here but yeah the next big piece of this is definitely ontario place Hmm. Um, which they're, they're moving the, the the bell in the old Japanese temple, uh, I think, later this week. Or have they started it already? I can't remember. Yeah, the bell's been disassembled to be stored for later. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be moved to a different site. But of course, it's, it's these it's immediate going... things are touching on people's nostalgia button, right? It's like, oh, yeah. man, they're moving the bell that we all rung when we went there more than once. It's probably going to the Raiders of the Lost Ark warehouse with the Sam the Record Man sign, but oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, th- there has been some like sort of public res- or, or some response from Therme about this. They released a plan that had a. They said it no with expanded public space, and it was like four additional acres of public space and sixteen instead of the original twelve point five. But as we were saying, those those records are still sealed um we know how you know guarded that uh the ford government is with sealed records even <laughs> the even with the snooze alert uh sort of mandate letters that were eventually mm-hmm. <laughs> eventually released like nothing really juicy in there i don't know why they've been sitting on them for six years but that's neither here nor there um but yeah th- th- this is kind of the next part of it because it's i don't know i don't know how to take it because there are so many different things going on it's like we're giving you know millions of dollars to this massive thing so they can create a spa slash water park um tiff was going to have a the toronto international film festival was going to have a presence there tiff bailed tiff pot and i don't you know the other thing is um for people who may not know um bell um is ending their um sponsorship like bell media is or i i guess maybe just bell um is, is the premier or the the top level sponsor it's like the the principal sponsor of of the film festival so i don't know if that was like losing them and and um maybe is forced tiff to take a look back but cameron bailey who is the head of tiff said that you know that they're rethinking things after people are making a fuss about tiff being involved with any of this <laughs> um but yeah it it, it just uh, and the course of the whole ontario science center debacle you know there are lots of stuff going on there and of course the ontario line the whole point of the ontario line was i went from ontario place to ontario science center and now they're taking one end of the ontario line out so i guess you know the big question is does anyone know what they're doing 
down there at Queens Park. <laughs> well, they do and they don't. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, <laughs> Ford will always say things like, there's nothing there. There's the green belt. Well, he said the green belt's a scam, but he just, his mindset is if there's nothing actively helping the corporate friends or making money, then it's useless space, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's what's going on at Ontario Place right now in that the place has had 50 years to evolve. Now, I mean, true enough, the, 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 the pictures of the decrepit log flume making the rounds is kind of sad. Yeah. But so they'll use that and say, well, th no, there's nothing there. But that's not the case at all. I mean, the, as we know, the space was made for people. Mm. And, but also to be able to go to the waterfront at a reasonable price and be, let's, you know, try no price. Pride in Ontario, right? Yeah. I remember my father hauling in the, the Coleman and making the tea. Like, you couldn't, you can't do that. You're obviously not going to be able to do that at Therm Spa, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's there's the hidden aspect to it as well. A mm. really good article uh, in the in Spacing by John mm. Lornick about this. How it's the unseen things that are also going to cost, particularly the infrastructure that it's going to take to get the Therm Spa up and running. Yeah. Because as advanced as Ontario Place seems, it's not... It's definitely not up to, we need to run a bunch of water and steam baths and whatever the hell. I've never been to a spa, right? Yeah. <laughs> not really my thing. But that, and so that's going to cost a fortune. The estimate is 200 million mm -hmm. guaranteed, guaranteed to be higher because there's things like the water table. Supposedly mm -hmm. the fire hydrants down there don't even work properly and have enough water pressure. Yeah. So that's another aspect too, because all of that costing isn't included in this number. It's just all of these things are going to have to be in place. Guess who's going to have to pay? Toronto, mm -hmm. who are in the hole. Yeah. And Toronto is definitely going to fight this for many reasons, but that will be one of them as well. But, you know, th there's parts of the, this space that have evolved into like a, let's call it a mini green belt. It's more like a conservation area where it's like a cultivated natural area. And that's something that's been making the rounds as well as pictures and things that people have taken mm -hmm. of the wildlife and things that are down there now. Yeah. That it took 50 years to encourage. And because lack of uh, human traffic has probably, you know, precipitated the growth of these things, finding spaces and whatnot. Yeah. So, and if I understand it right, that's all supposed to, the trees and that are supposed to start coming out this week. They took the bell down. And then next is, the 800 plus trees and natural areas that are, that are down there. Mm -hmm. So that's another massacre, right? It's smaller <laughs> in scale, but again, people like Ford and his gang will insist that there's nothing there. Mm -hmm. Whereas it's supposed to be, if it's a park for the people, why not just leave it? Yeah. I mean, cause it's waterfront real estate. That's, That's exactly it. Priceless. It comes down yeah. to that. It comes down to capital, real estate, the friends every time. Yeah. Including Therm. And I don't know if the link, there's links to Therm as there is, as we've seen with the Greenbelt. I know <laughs> there's been some, it's just anecdotal grumbling about who owns Therm and friends and labels. And that's just conjecture at this point, not proven. But well, let's I be bet you, you wouldn't have to scratch too hard to find something. Well, let's be clear. Opinion. Doug Ford has never been to a spa. Like, right, we can all agree on that. Doug <laughs> Ford is not a spa guy. 
No, that's fine. But but so it's like, well, who is this for then? Is it be, like? And I, I think at the end of the day, it's it's like one of those things. Like somebody came in, saw the value of this, and they did the wowie zowie and the lobbying thing. And it's like, and then it was handshake deals. I was like, that's a good guy. He's got some good plans. Like Doug, For- like Doug Ford will go down there and cut the ribbon, but don't expect to see Doug Ford poolside, like getting a, a mani pedi or a salt treatment or something. It's <laughs> does that strike you as something Doug Ford would do? Um, no, but it would be after the ribbon cutting, though, right? There'll be the ribbon cutting or whatever, and he won't be premier by then. I would almost guarantee it because it's going to take that long. Mm. And I'm wondering whether in in all of this, it's the kind of thing that's just going to fall away. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah, and you can bet. I mean. It's a, what is it? A ninety-eight year or ninety-nine? This ninety-nine year, ninety-five year lease. Yeah. So there will be a point in time, and I don't know if it'll be within our living memory but if they do build this thing that it is going to look like the abandoned log ride. <laughs> that you know our descendants are going to go and look at this thing and say, "Oh, what happened here?" It's like, well, let me tell you about <laughs> back in twenty twenty-three. Some old timer going to be sitting there right on a tree stump, <laughs> Gabe Simpson. <laughs> Back like in story about the failure that it was, mass failure. Back in twenty dickety three, we had to use the word dickety because Anthony Rhoda stole our word for twenty. Um, oh boy, <laughs> next—that's a little tease for next. But uh, to sort of drive this home, I mean, there are like scandals, big and small. You had like First Nations people from up north who are now like demanding a meeting with Doug Ford to talk about like what's going on with the Ring of Fire. That seems to have fought like every. Like every three months, we get some sort of ring and fire announcement, and then people forget for six months. Um, Mountie McNaughton quits the day after yeah. the apology, and this is like this seemed like somebody who was like well liked by everybody. Like Labor liked Monty McNaughton because he was doing a lot to sort of promote like more trades, more support for trades, getting more people into you know union jobs. Um, now he's out because he wants a better work-life balance. Um, I don't know. Seems like peculiar timing. I mean, he could very well want a better work-life balance, but I mean, I was sort of reminded of that like itchy and scratchy gag with with Poochie. I have to go. My home planet needs me. <laughs> it's you know that is true though. I mean, he was, he was well liked and not probably one of the more least offensive. I would love to know what the new gig is. I've heard work-life balance. I heard he was taking a job. I mean, of course, he's going to have to take a job in the in the private sector, but I don't think it's going to be slugging packages at Amazon. So that will be <laughs> interesting to see, and it will leak out as to where he ended up. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, he's not a, like, Mar- Marilee Fullerton, like, bailed almost immediately after getting reelected. Laura Mae Lindo stepped down earlier this year because she was fighting as a hard time being a single mom and going back and forth to Toronto. So, I mean, you don't want to ascribe sinister motives to everybody. Uh, this one was interesting. I don't know if you saw this one. Uh, a staffer in Stephen Lecce's constituency office um, charged by York Region Police for defrauding the Legion branch, the local Legion branch there while they were president. Whoa. Yeah. Well, I mean, allegedly, but that was what they were arrested for. Hmm. Did that just drop today? Um, it was a couple of days ago. It was in the Trillium, so. Yeah, see, they, they got it going on. You want to yeah. know what's going on? Yeah, because the, the Monty McNaughton news, I caught the news cycle when they were talking about him, and I almost, compl- I mean, it came out eventually, but I almost missed the Greenbelt announcement because it was like, <laughs> this is overshadowing. And of course, there were a few people saying, oh, this is really good timing. He announces this now, so. Uh, yeah. Did somebody somebody called it 
tyrannical? I can't remember. I don't know who I'm quoting there, but that is somebody's like, oh, it's it's tyranny for him to leave now. It's like, no, it's probably a very wise career decision. Yeah. Well, I've heard other people say like the ship's going to go down. Yeah, I've heard other. It's just a matter of when it'll probably be the next election. But yeah, I don't think there's any pulling back from this. I mean, it's interesting that it, it sort of like has been all week long, like the, the, to go back to the green ball before we go to break that, you know, it's it's still hot and heavy. This is still what they're talking about in question period. This is still what, you know, people are demanding answers about. Um, I mean, Paul, I, I think Paul Calandra promised legislation by Thursday. I mean, we're recording this Wednesday night, so he very well might have introduced legislation by the time people are are listening to this. But, you know. At the same time, if it's about lessons learned, I don't know why they wouldn't have supported. I mean, I know why they why they wouldn't have supported the NDP legislation. Um, but I mean, even just as a placeholder to show that you know lessons have been learned, it's like okay, well, we'll support the NDP motion to you know put the the restrictions in place, and then when we have uh, more formal language, we can you know bring that to the house, and hopefully we can have like universal you know uh, consent to pass that. It, it just they wanted it gone before the ledge came back. They wanted it gone and that hasn't happened. And it'll be interesting to see how far the rabbit hole goes to borrow a phrase. <laughs> I was going to say how long the bad smell hangs around. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a while. It's going to be a while. Uh, speaking of bad smells, we got more news in that category coming up next. You are listening to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. Tell them that the Nazis never really went away They're out there burning houses down and peddling racist lies And we'll never rest again Until every Nazi dies It's not very often, if at all, that we play songs with that word in it (laughs) For context, you know it was probably acceptable in this instance. That was the famous Chumba Wumba. Mm-hmm. The album was a live album called Show Business. The song is called, as you heard in the chorus, The Day the Nazi Died. I did not see that coming. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the last joke we'll tell on this topic <laughs> at this point. We're laughing now, but oh boy. Uh, yeah, a little bit serious. Um uh, Volodymyr Zelensky, president of Ukraine, was uh, doing a world tour. One of his stops was in Canada. He was invited to speak before the Canadian Parliament. Before that, uh, Anthony Rota, the speaker, now former speaker of the House, did a shout out to one of his constituents, a man named Yaroslav Hunka, who was in the gallery and was credited for um, his career fighting for Ukrainian independence against the Russians in. <clears throat> World War II, um, which, you know, probably in the moment, hopefully made some people think about who the Russians were fighting in World War II. I mean, this is, this is, I mean, to be fair, to be fair, it's complicated, right? Um, A lot of people in Ukraine hated Russia more than they hated Germany. And uh, so, I mean, anti-Semitism was rampant 
uh, even here in North America. But essentially, yes, uh, Yaroslav Hunka was a Nazi. He was in the SS. And uh, when everybody found out within a couple of hours after the shout out from from former Speaker Rhoda, uh, obviously this created something of a calamity. There's been a lot of back and forth in the last couple of days, and I guess we can get into that too. But I think the real question is, you know, how does this affect things back home in Ukraine for President Zelensky, who is fighting a Russian army, um, whom their leader... Vladimir Putin says he's trying to denazify uh, Ukraine, so it probably doesn't look very well that there was a Nazi at the Zelensky speech who was feted um, as uh, Putin is saying he's tried to denazify Ukraine, which is of course a lie. He's not trying to denazify anything. He just wants to you know, control Ukraine. He wants to uh, expand Russian territory and be a, be a cool guy, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's that's the long and the short of it. But uh, Scotty, what are your feelings about Nazis? I don't think we've had a lot of mixed messages from you. All this time. <laughs> well, I'm usually pretty clear on Nazis. Uh, <laughs> I've been called Antifa more than once. It's probably not untrue either. But yeah, of, I mean, talk about serving up the Russians free propaganda, like yeah. ready turnkey stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I read because I didn't read Russia, Russia today, but there's like four different versions of the story getting. Look, look, there's Zelensky applying the Nazi. It's like, holy cow! Like, and gl- a global who thought that this you know, Zelensky coming to town for as briefly as he was here would become like a global story. I mean, this was headlines everywhere. Yeah, the you name it. This went worldwide. So, of course, somebody had to fall on the sword, and uh, Anthony Rhoda did just that. Not surprising, but just let's just backtrack a little bit to the Nazi in Parliament. It's like, first of all, Rhoda, I looked it up, political science graduate, should know better. He should. Christopher Freeland, who's, who's, and I've said this before, and somebody's going to tag this as Russian propaganda, which everyone knows is not the case grandfather edited the nazi paper for years and years and years and the default for the liberals right now is always oh it's russian propaganda when somebody says something like that that mm. is the truth do this I've, I've noticed some of the soft peddling too on this hunka guy too it's like well he was he was with a uh with a with a nazi troop i can't remember the exact language that they were using if you volunteer to be in the ss you mm. are a nazi mm. If you're a kid that was drafted into the Hitler Youth and you're 14 years old and people have seen these famous pictures of, of children crying when Hitler's talking to them, no, no, it's okay. You know, you need to spend the rest of your life, and this man has had a long life, in the redemption mm-hmm. zone if this was your World War II. Still pretty right? spry if he's coming down from North Bay to Ottawa. Well, and he's, did you see that bit when he was wiping his head? I thought for sure he was going to whip off a Zeke Heil. I thought for sure. <laughs> He did this wipe, and I'm like, oh, does he know? He's 98. Is he having issues? Does he remember that he's not supposed to do that because he's not really supposed to be a Nazi? So we, we've talked about that before when it came up about the monument, the Nazi right. monument. In, yeah, in, in Oakville. Oakville. Yeah. Well, let's put that aside for a bit because the political fallout on this is huge. So Rhoda should have known. Freeland definitely knew. There are a whole ton of people in there. Um, um, Nikki Ashton seemed to know. I don't. There was a couple of people that weren't there. I'm not sure who, who they were. 
But the conservatives, of course, are trying to make super hay out of this. And it's interesting coming from Andrew Shear, who was the speaker. He would know the process. Yeah. And I yeah. think a lot of people didn't know the process leading up to this. That the spe- yeah, It's at the will of the speaker. The speaker can say so-and-so can come. Supposedly this guy was put forward by one of his constituents. There you have it. That's how you get a Nazi in the Hunka's son, actually, yeah. Hunka's, oh, it's his son. Okay, so yeah. I knew it was somebody connected. Like, yeah, you should you should celebrate my Nazi dad uh, who has shown no remorse and openly admits that he was a Nazi. Uh, yeah, so, you know, there was, what, how many? Seven million Ukrainians in the Red Army who were the allies at that time? Mm. He, not one of them made it to Canada and is still alive? Well, maybe not. I don't know, but... It's just the equivalencies are all over the place with this, right? It's like, well, mm-hmm. anything to do remotely to do with Russia, whether it was long gone Soviet or otherwise, we're not going to. But so trying to make it all about Trudeau and, and is and, and Polyev tonight looking straight at the camera. This is the thing that looks straight at the camera, which is creepy. I hate it when Andrea Horvath did it in the ledge. Oh, yeah. They, they, it's, it's a technique now, right? But it's it freaks me out and I don't care for it. Oh, but, don't but like go on. But go on. But they can't. <laughs> of all the things that they want to pin on Trudeau, yeah, I don't think they can really pin this one on him. It does <sighs> show a lack of judgment on a on a fellow Liberals part who happened to be the speaker. But it's all people who should have known better. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that that's the it's the country right now just looks ridiculous at all levels. Uh, yeah, no, they I look ridiculous. That's the long story short. I think I I don't disagree with that. This is one of those, like I can have two different thoughts in my head at the same time moments where it's like, yeah, it it looks bad. And I mean, I think I heard somebody say like within like two minutes of Googling, you can find everything you need to know about Yaroslav Honka. And he does have his own Wikipedia page. They have added the whole bit about (laughs) what happened in the last few days to it. So it was probably like really short until a couple of days ago. But um, I mean, this guy was like on CTV News last year when he, you know, he goes to like a Sudbury for a, uh, like a Ukrainian support protest, uh, anti-war protest, and he's like talking to CTV News. So it, it's you know it's he's he's gets around this guy. Um, he's been a community leader to an extent, and yeah, it's it seems to be a bit of history we've forgotten. And there, I, you know, there is correctly point out a lot of people correctly point out that this is supposed to be an area of Christian Freeland's expertise and so what was she doing and all this at the same time though um god there's a lot of virtue signaling about this um Pierre Polivier on his high horse after getting his picture taken with Diagonal last year mm-hmm. Jeremy McKenzie who he only talked against um after Jeremy McKenzie Jeremy McKenzie made some shall we say um threats of sexual violence against Pierre Polivier's wife. That was when Pierre Polivier threw Jeremy McKenzie under the bus. Um, Leslin Lewis on her high horse, like, I can't believe there was a Nazi in Parliament. It's like, well, hey, Leslin, picture of you standing next to an actual Nazi from Germany earlier this year, too. Um, when, when uh, what was her name? Christine, Christine Anderson was making the rounds. Her Leslin Lewis and three other conservative MPs were like, hey, here's this our here's our far right friend from Germany. You know, um going back to Pierre Polivier, radio silence about the one million March for Children last week and and bigoted attacks against 
LGBTQ plus people, bomb threats in Hamilton schools this week, uh, pride flag trampled and burned at a Kitchener school while people throwing rocks at queer students. Um, you, you know, it, it and the, the coup de gras, this guy who's the education minister in Poland, who's like, well, I believe I will extradite this hundred year old man to stand trial. Um, <laughs> this guy, <laughs> this guy has a litany of LGBTQ um, phobic comments uh, at his door. And he also called a proposed monument to um, Jewish people in Poland who were killed in the Holocaust as an attack on, or what did he call it? An anti-Polish scandal. So, I mean, there are all sorts of people who are using this to their own advantage. And it, and it, it, and the reason I introduced the whole thing is like how this reflects back on Ukraine. It's like we kind of keep missing the point. Mm. Is as, as you said, this was can gifted propaganda to putin this week and i think that's the like in the points like rota must go rota must apologize trudeau must apologize trudeau must go this was this was a propaganda victory for russia this week and i think that's the forest for the trees part of this that we missed yeah the the revisionism is phenomenal yeah yeah from them saying that he was this guy was a canadian hero we're, yeah. we're, we're far too liberal, a small a liberal with the, the hero title. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, like you said, if somebody had done the homework, but the conservatives, I mean, they play f- footsie with the quasi fash like <laughs> daily, right? Yeah. So, but again, going back in time, which relates to today too, is like any, a, a lot of these, um, Waffen SS made it to Canada because the government of the day, which was liberal, knew that <laughs> they were anti-communist, anti-organized labor, which mm. was embedded with lots of communist people, and they knew and and that was the the premise for bringing them over. It's like there there's these you know Ukrainians divided into a couple of groups, the ones. You know the ones that we kind of like, and then the ones that are, are causing labor problems for our friends. Yeah, uh, all true. Everything I'm saying here is true. So that's yeah. like that is why these guys came here. Is why there's a Nazi cemetery in Oakville. But you can't detach that history from everything that you just mentioned. Yeah, because the roots of it go back to then. Yeah. For sure. No one's going to admit to having a picture of Hitler in their basement or whatever. But they might but have an 88 that, tattoo. Uh, the AFD, that Christina woman that you mentioned, all that, they are pretty much close to the real deal, the 2023 yeah. version. bit more polished, more smiles. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 you know, the same colors. Yeah. It's the same thing. <laughs> and, and failing to recognize that is... Not only just a massive, massive shortcoming, but we also see where they're really come coming from. If you pick that apart a bit, yeah, so, and I think that's. I mean, that's the kind of the other part of the story too. It's like you, you can justifiably, understandably, be shocked about the one um, hundred year old former member of the SS getting uh, a, 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 a rousing uh, round of applause. In, in the House of Commons, but I, I'm more concerned about the new right and the new fascists than I am about the hundred year old guy. And I, that's another piece of this that's that we're kind of missing too. But no I'm good happy. Nazis. There's, there's no, no good none. Zero. <laughs> 
I'm not saying that you're saying that there are, but it's like no, I'm not. I am I not all of what you said as the same. Whether it's the 98 year old guy or the young up and comer with a podcast, they are the I, same. I am not arguing that there are very fine people on both sides. <laughs> to borrow sure a phrase, or we're or, done. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if someone just came out and said? after a nazi rally that there were very fine people on both sides oh that'd be crazy that'd be crazy for someone to do that it's the the, the trumpist approach uh just <laughs> keeps on uh, keeps on giving or keeps on going or... i wish it would be going anyway oh. um <laughs> speaking of going um heather stephenson might be going as the premier <laughs> of manitoba um there is an election in manitoba bet you didn't know um, but, uh, it is on October the 3rd. This is a, a regularly scheduled election. Um, the, the parliament or their legislature was default, uh, dissolved last month. Devolved. Oops. That was a Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> <laughs> their, their parliament, their, uh, legislature was dissolved last month and, uh, they've been on the campaign trail ever since. If polls are to be believed, um, it's going to be an NDP government come Tuesday, and that means Wab Canoe will be the premier-elect or premier-designate. I'm not sure what phrase they use, but that would be interesting because he would be the first Indigenous premier in Canadian history. So could be looking at some history on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, Manitoba's had Métis premiers, mm-hmm. and I guess the territories have, well, have had indigenous people so but yeah it's sure. it's super significant and probably going to judging by the numbers and i know we always say poll schmoles <laughs> judging by the numbers they're pretty high but yeah. what what's interesting to me in this so far is the, the doubling where the pcs are going with their campaign and it's a, mm. it's it's one to watch because it's a mirror of what the federal campaign is going to be like particularly for yeah. the conservatives that's right. What have they doubled down on? The number one, one of the number one issues is the searching of the landfill. Yep. To find missing and murdered indigenous women that are suspected to and probably are in there. So this has become this has become the issue, and it is, it is a massive issue. Don't get me wrong, but massive ads in the Winnipeg Free Press, and mm-hmm. also interesting in Manitoba, they don't have to reveal their ad budgets at mm-hmm. the provincial level. Mm-hmm. so they can spend as much as they've got lying around to push these particular issues so what are the four one was the the no we're not going to search the landfill which standing is standing firm taken, what's that standing firm standing firm of course oh yeah that's the, that's the catchphrase right that's the yeah. slogan yeah but even if that's the case that that's you taking a step there's been no they're doubling down on that. And one of the, one of the chiefs was like, you know, they don't even want to talk to us about this is, you know, landfill, no landfill. It's like, there's, there's no dialogue. Mm-hmm. So that's bad. The other three are, um, parental rights, mm-hmm. which harkens back, not just to last week and everything that happened there, but straight to everything out of Polyab's mouth mm-hmm. is, you know, Trudeau should bought out bigger mm-hmm. paychecks. It wasn't ro- what, what <laughs> robust <laughs> paychecks. <laughs> and of course the, the the standard bog standard crime right crime mm-hmm. crime crime terrible crime so these are the these are the four key planks mm-hmm. and it's got to be some other than crime which comes up all the time what strange planks to base your campaign on mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, also along with crimes comes with more funding for police, just like millions of dollars more for police, mm-hmm. um, which fine. Um, you know, police have their issues. Um, but, you know, when you look at the NDP platform, it's like, you know, trying to come up with plans for, you know, what are some of the underlying social street, you know, social things that are going on and um, make sure that, you know, indigenous people have more support. And, you know, because of course, who's, who's sitting in jail in Manitoba, who's overrepresented in j- jails in Manitoba, indigenous people. And yeah, it, the, the whole thing about the, this landfill search being a lightning rod issue and it is a lightning rod issue because there was a poll done i can't remember who did it but it was it's basically like 47 to 45 uh in in favor of of searching the landfill and what was especially weird about the poll is that the people who felt very strongly about searching it and very strongly about not searching were tied it was like 30 30 Hmm. so like there's i guess theoretically there's some pretty big movement because i think it was something like eight percent of people had no opinion either way but it's something that maybe when you have an indigenous person at the head of government who can maybe enunciate better why this is important why this matters i mean you shouldn't have to enunciate why this matters because if it was a, a you know a 23 year old blonde white girl buried in that landfill somewhere there would be no stopping anyone mm-hmm. from closing that down and conducting a search and that's you know that's not a commentary about manitoba alone that's a commentary about most places in this country mm-hmm. um but yeah that that seems to be it, it's such a weird lightning rod and for for the pcs to put out this take out this full page ad to say we are standing firm emphasis on st- like there was an emphasis i think it was like block letters or it was like letters that were bigger than the other letters in the ad standing firm that we are not going to search that landfill for health and safety reasons. So, <laughs> so it's you know we're, we're not even acknowledging the pain and suffering of a community in, in our in our province because uh, our health and safety, like the general health and safety, is matters as opposed to like bringing young women who were literally discarded like trash home to their families to be, you know, give, given some sense of decency with a proper burial. Um, mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it, it's kind of galling, um, but I mean, I guess that's where we are at this moment, unfortunately. And they have had at least one debate, and mm. it kind of got not strange. I, and to some degree, it did. I, I kind of skimmed a little bit of it, and in that, Stephenson was trying to present it to Wab Canoe, like, "Oh, so you 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 want to put workers at risk? You're so you're trying to imply that he's anti-workers somehow." Yeah. Even though you know anybody going in there would have all of the gear on, and it's just some of it is that they don't want to spend the money, but some of it too is like, does this become like a secondary way to take shots at Canoe because of his because mm-hmm. of his roots, because of his background? I mm-hmm. think that some of that is going on as well, but also during the debate. Stephenson was was asking questions to liberal leader Douglas Lamont about Canute. So mm-hmm. again, there's this weird once removed. It's like rather than talk to the liberal about what the liberals may or may not want to do, and they don't have a chance in hell probably of winning. Although I've been wrong before. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's highly unlikely. 
So why ask him? Like, it, you just want to make it all about canoe, much the same as Polya wants to make it all about Trudeau. So the techniques are the same. And that's, I'm thinking this is, this is the test bed. It's like, is this really going to work at the, at the larger scale? Yeah, there's lots of crossover. They're, they'll be using the same people in mm. their election campaigns and writing their copy and whatnot to see what works and what doesn't work. But I, this is looking like how big is the trouncing going to be because people are just tired of this. And it's not just this too, uh, healthcare, another issue right across the country, obviously. And in some cases, well, lots of, around the world, right? Yeah. Uh, they're having a debate with hosted by doctors, which I thought was interesting mm. because that's, that's the kind of thing, you know, that Doug Ford or others would try to get out of. Mm-hmm. So, cause they've had the same, you know, emergency departments closing and, Mm-hmm. You know, the catastrophic effects of COVID and everything else that's going on. So that's that's up in the top three, I would say, in terms of the, the issues that they're dealing with, for sure. Well, there's also the fact that just, you know, it there's been a conservative government in power in Manitoba since 2015. Um, Manitoba is one of these places that's essentially a two-party province. And so, you know, everybody, you know, each party gets their turn. Um, the conservatives have had their, I guess, eight years um so now it's you know the the ndp's turn um and you know perhaps you know the way the election goes is just as simple as that it's you know we're you know we're tired of the conservatives let's try <laughs> let's try this canoe guy and see what he does for a change um i mean it's it's bizarre it just you know if, you, if you're gonna in, in that atmosphere if you're gonna lose try and lose with some dignity heather but she doesn't care what i think yeah and some of the changes too. They, I, I suppose you can vote for at any polling station for your person. Yeah, I've never heard that's that's innovation. I haven't heard of that. So that that yeah. too may increase the vote that you don't have to trail around within your riding to find you can you can be anywhere and vote. It sounds like they've had seventy thousand advanced votes too, which is huge. Yeah, that was that's as massive. of Monday, and advanced polls go till Saturday. So yeah, it it could break a record, which. Um, which we be good to see, especially after our last provincial election here. Oh, yeah. To, to bring this full circle. Um, mm. And if we brought it full circle, then you know it's the end of the show. Uh, if you want to listen to our show again, you can download it every Monday from our website at opensourcesguelph.com. You can get it at the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or from your favorite app like Apple, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can find uh, us on social media as well. We're on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire and we're on Twitter at OS underscore Guelph. I'll be back here on CFRU Wednesday at 3 p.m. for the movie review show that I co-host called End Credits. In the meantime, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson or check out my news and politics site at GuelphPolitico.ca. And Adam's now also on Blue Sky, as am I. I am it's on nice Blue to Sky. see some of you there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ever growing, growing by the day. I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. And if you're listening to us at our regular time on a Thursday, please stay tuned next up turtle island underground and that is one of the many great programs that you'll hear on cfru 93.3 fm cfru.ca guelph campus and community radio as for this show we will return next thursday at 5 p.m for another edition of open sources and we will see you then